Okay, good evening, SNU. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, like Rona said, Pastor Rona said, my name is Anna Horpening. Um, hey, recently got married, so my last name changed, so I'm still trying to get used to that. Uh, I'm really honored to be here at SNU. Uh, I love coming to Emmaus. It's always so fun and uh, makes me feel younger, especially as I get older, you know. So uh, the youth and the energy, I love it. Uh, so if you guys could turn with me to Psalm 107. Psalm 107. Psalm 107, verse 35 to 38. Psalm 107, verse 35 to 38. Why don't we read all of that together? Are you guys there? Yeah? Ready? One, two, three. He turns a desert into pools of water a parched land into springs of water, and there he lets the hungry dwell, and they establish a city to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing, they multiply greatly, and he does not let their livestock diminish. I'm going to read the first two verses one more time. It says, he turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water, and there he lets the hungry dwell. Everyone say hungry. hungry. Today I want to talk to you about the topic of hunger. Hunger. Now, there's different levels of hunger. You know, there's, there's times when you're hungry and you're like, oh, I'm hungry. I need to eat something. Oh, it's dinner time. Oh, it's lunch time. I need to eat something. But then there's another level of hunger when you're like, give me food now. You know, some of you guys get like that. <laughs> I, I, I get uh, something called a hangry, you know. When I know like after a certain time passes, I am not pleasant to be around. So sometimes when I'm with my husband, he's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm okay. And then when I say I'm hungry, he's like, stop. We have 30 minutes, 30 minutes before the whole comes up. We need to get you food now, you know. So, so I, I have this different levels of hunger. And in scripture, um, the word hunger also is used in different ways. Uh, sometimes it's used uh, to mean to desire, to wait, to want, to incline for. Uh, but the word hunger here in Psalm 107, it's a Hebrew, Hebrew word called ra'av, and it means to be famished or to suffer in hunger. Because you're so hungry, you are suffering in want. And as we read in Psalm 107, it says, those that are hungry, those that are suffering in want, those that are crying out in desperation, those that truly crave, and those that are famished, these are the ones that he turns deserts into pools of water. Uh, you know, I used to live in Busan, actually. So Seoul is one of the biggest cities in Korea. Busan is the second biggest city in Korea. And I used to live there in two years, for two years. And Busan is known for uh, something called Busan International Film Festival. Do you guys know what that is? Yeah? Uh, <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> so Busan International Film Festival is known for Korean celebrities, right? It's when uh, different movies are featured. A lot of the actors that um, are famous uh, come out and hold this red carpet event. 
And one of my guilty pleasures is watching Korean drama. <laughs> Anyone else <laughs> love? I'm the only one? Dang, all right, just one. All right, Becky, you and me. So I, I love watching Korean drama. And I used to be really obsessed with um, Korean drama and Korean celebrities. And uh, I guess if you say it in a biblical sense, I used to ra'av. Like, I used to suffer and want, you know, <laughs> for, for Korean dramas. And uh, I decided, oh, it's October. Busan is known for BIF, uh, Busan International Film Festival. I'm going to go check it out. And because I knew that there was going to be a lot of uh, people wanting to see celebrities, I went there early uh, to stand in line to see the red carpet, you know. So I went there about like six hours ahead. Um, You think that's a lot? But there were other people who were um, hungrier than I was. (laughs) And they were there like from like the dawn of morning. They literally said they came at 6 a.m., they had like their breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know. Uh, they had their tochari, their spread, and they were waiting there. And uh, I took my two friends along with me. Uh, and then we were standing there waiting for six hours, just kind of chilling. And as we were waiting, we met a lot of different people. So there's this group that was standing next to us in particular. And we, you know, when you stand in line for six hours with a group, you end up getting close, right? So we got pretty close to them. I found out that this was a fan group. Uh, they had met on an inter- internet forum because they all loved this one cole- uh, Korean celebrity. And he was an actor. And they didn't, it was their first time meeting in face-to-face with, you know, each other. Uh, and all these girls, all these ladies, uh, were from different parts of Korea. So some was from Busan, some were from Seoul, somewhere from like East, West, all of Korea, right? And they all came because they knew they had inside information that this one Korean actor that they all loved was going to be there tonight. And throughout six hours of waiting, I found out like so many details about this Korean actor's life because they knew so much. They, because they suffered in want of wanting to meet him, they, they knew everything about him. They eventually brought out T-shirts, you know, with his face on it. We love him. Like, he's my favorite, you know. Um, And we all got excited because the hour started to draw near of the red carpet opening. We're like, yes, it's finally here after six hours of waiting. Like, come on, you know. And then we found out that we were actually standing in the wrong part of the red carpet. Can you imagine, like, six hours? I was like, what are you talking about? We're standing in the wrong... This is... I see the red carpet. They set it up here. But apparently, they were going to, like... We thought they were going to get off the van. Celebrities going to walk past us and then enter into the Biff Center, right? But apparently, they were just going to drive through and then get out and just walk straight in. You know, so they would totally bypass us. So we were like, what are you talking about? And at that moment, this, like, this... Like, what are you doing, Anna? <laughs> Why are you here for six hours? And I was so disappointed and I was going to leave. But uh, the group, I looked at them because, you know, like, I mean, I live in Busan. But some of them, they came from like five to six hours driving, you know. And I looked at them. They were disappointed. But all of a sudden, one of them got inside information with the manager saying that the actor is going to pass by in like five minutes. And he is willing to roll down the window and like wave to them and the girls were like back to energy like yes we're gonna see his face you know 
So five minutes we came by, and the van, you know, is driving by, and the excitement is stirring. And then all we see is this hand that peeps out, flutters, and then goes back in. And I was, I was so mad for them, you know, because I felt like I rode their journey with them, you know. <laughs> so I was so mad for them, and I looked over just to share that kind of same emotion, you know. I'm angry too, and they were like, "Wow." Most unbelievable moment of my life. We saw his hand. I was so stunned because how can you be content with seeing his hand? You know, but but that story I, I tell you guys because that was a moment in my life because I was hungering for something. I was willing to do anything for it, and hunger in that same sense. It enables us and gives us certain things so that we can continue to keep on moving. You know, hunger is not just an end event; it's not a destination. But when we have hunger, it enables us to move in one direction. Uh, so I want to ask you guys the question: What does hunger do? Why is hunger important? And I want to unpack three points with, uh, for you guys today in regards to Psalm 107. The first thing that hunger does, if you guys have your notes, you can take it along. Uh, first thing that hunger does is hunger sets apart. Hunger sets apart. You know, hunger is important because it cultivates a desire inside of us to want more, to yearn for more of His presence, and usually it is hunger that sets one person aside from the rest. Let me give you an example. Let's say there are two people sitting in the same sanctuary right here. Okay, two people sitting in the same sanctuary. They go through the same service, the same worship songs, the same sermon, but one person is set on fire and walks away completely blessed. One person is set on fire. I'm gonna change it up. <laughs> but the other person walks away. Experiencing that same service, but completely jaded, completely walking away with nothing. What's the difference? They went through the same thing. Hunger is the difference. Hunger is the key ingredient that sets a person apart. A hungry person will go out of their way to find food. If they're hungry, they want more. They eat dinner, but they want more. They're still hungry. They will go into the kitchen and make themselves some food. A hungry person will come into church, and let's say the message is "quote unquote" boring, "quote unquote" bad, and they're still hungry. They will go home and feed themselves. They will search scripture. They will pray. They will call up a friend and ask, "Hey, let's can we can we talk about some things that's heavy on my heart? God spoke to me about this." They will download a podcast. A hungry person will go into the kitchen and make themselves food. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, "Go feed yourself." Go feed yourself. You know, in this day and age where the media is, we're living in a media world, right? It's hard for us to ever complain that we are never getting fed. Man, that that sermon that was boring. I'm not fed from that. Well, then what are you going to do? 
Babies are the only ones that get spoon-fed. Babies are the only ones that wait for their mother to make the food, wait for the mother to come and put the food into their mouth. Babies are the only ones that get spoon-fed. But mature believers, we are the ones that go into the kitchen and feed ourselves. Hunger sets apart. And hunger sets you apart by your desperation and boldness. Hunger causes you to be desperate and bold. You know, desperate people, they're, they're dedicated to something. They, they're devoted to something. And they are so determined, so desperate to make sure that they satisfy their hunger, they, that they do not care what they look like to other people. When people are desperate and hungry for God, they only have one thing in mind, and that is how to appear before God. When people are desperate for God, it makes them bold to make sure that they can reach out to God, pursue God. They're not shy or timid about getting what they want because they're so desperate. Desperation causes boldness. There's so many stories in the Bible uh, that that tells of people that were hungry. You know, Moses, when he was before the Red Sea and he saw the Red Sea before him, he saw that he was stuck and he saw the, Philist, uh, the army, the Egyptian army coming up behind him and he realized that he was stuck. He was so desperate for God to save him and his people that he cried out to God. And in his desperation, he prayed, God answered him saying, Moses, raise up your staff. You know, that's bold. Because when you raise up your staff, people are going to be like, what are you doing? Why are you, you're supposed to do something. Don't just raise up your staff. Go fight them, you know? Like that was bold. It didn't make sense. He was willing to look foolish in front of people because he was desperate and he was bold for God. David, when he faced Goliath in front of him, a man three times his size, he was so desperate for God's name to be famous all over Israel that he was willing to fight a man that was so big because his boldness drove him to fight for God's name. Zacchaeus, he was a short man, a short man. In fact, he was a chief tax collector and he had to be, you know, rough around the edges but he was so desperate to see change in his life he knew that he could not continue living this dry and passive and suffocating life that he went and climbed the tree and he was bold because he didn't care about what people thought about him because he knew he needed jesus hunger sets apart and hunger causes us to be desperate and bold for god the second uh, thing that hunger does is hunger releases more. Hunger releases more. Uh, in Psalm 107, what we read, it says, He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water, and there he lets the hungry dwell. A place that was once known to be dry and dead, he releases life. He releases water. And there's two dis, uh, different aspects, I guess, perspectives. I want to talk to you about how hunger releases more. First is from the giver. You know, when I used to lead small group, I used to lead community groups. There were times that I would come to small group 
and, or I guess you're familiar, right? There are times that I came to a small group and um, I'm leading, I'm discipling my girls and uh, the men there. And there's this one person that's really hungry. And I can tell, I can tell the, the posture, the position where they are at is different. And because that person is hungry, I end up sharing stuff. I end up teaching stuff that I didn't even mean to teach because their hunger pulls out of me something more. So when that person is is hungry for more, I find myself releasing more. Hunger releases more. And that's the same with God. You know, Jacob, when he was crossing into the river, uh, the angel of the Lord came before Jacob and Jacob clung onto God and said, I will not let you go until you bless me. He wrestled with God through the night. His hunger drove him to not let God go. And it was at that time, at that night that God changed his name from Jacob to Israel and gave him a blessing. Hunger releases more from the giver. Hunger also releases more in your own life. When you're hungry and you tap into that hunger, it will enable you to do more than you ever imagined. Hunger is a gift that continues to uh, drive you more to pursue God and pursue the things of God. Uh, So, you know, when we eat in the natural We're hungry. It's dinner time. We're going to eat. When we eat in the natural and we eat dinner, we're full, right? But when we eat in the spirit, when we read the Bible, when we start to pray, the hunger that we have, yes, is satisfied, but it drives us to continue to hunger for him more. Have you guys ever experienced that? When, when you're in your familia or, or when you're in your large group and you feel God's presence in that moment. The only thing I ever think about when I'm in God's presence is, wow, this is so good. I don't want this to end. I want more. I want more. When I pray and it's dry, sometimes it's dry, you know? (laughs) Am I the only one? Sometimes it's dry. It is hard. Can I be honest? It's hard to pray. But then when I feel the anointing of God, I don't want to stop. I can't stop. The anointing makes it fun. His presence keeps me going. It enables me for more. Hunger begets hunger. There was uh, a couple, a powerful couple uh, named William and Catherine Booth. And some of you guys might know, may, may not know them, but you guys will probably hear of what they did. Uh, they were actually a couple that were the first to start an inner city uh, organization where it was targeted to specifically help the poor in the city. They realized that a lot of people were going into the mission field and going to Africa, Asia, China, you know. But what about our cities that are growing, our urban city? We need to do something about them there. So these were, uh, this was a couple that saw that need and they decided to uh, act upon that need. And it was one of the first inner city, I guess, mission groups that started. And this is a couple that started the Salvation Army. You guys heard of that, right? Yeah, William and Catherine Booth. It first started in London. And it was designed to meet this need of the poor in the city. And people started asking him of his success. How did you get 
uh, Salvation Army to be so effective and so influential? What did you do to make this organization worldwide? And he answered in this way. I'm going to read this quote. It's, it's powerful. He said, I will tell you the secret. God has, ha- God has had all that, the, that there was. Wow, I butchered this. Okay. God has had all that there was of me. There have been men with greater brains than I, even with greater opportunities. But from the day I got the poor of London on my heart and caught a vision of what Jesus Christ could do with me and them, on that day, I made up my mind that God should have all of William Booth there was. And if there is anything of power in Salvation Army, it is because God has had all the adoration of my heart, all the power of my will, and all the influence of my life. When he caught the vision of what Christ had for London, for the poor, for himself, William Booth said, in that moment, when I caught Jesus, in that moment, I decided that he is going to have all of William Booth. William Booth was hungry for God, and he was hungry for the things of God. And that hunger enabled him to create an organization that reached people for generations to come. If he didn't have that hunger, he probably wouldn't have been able to be as influential as he is today. The third thing that hunger does. Third thing that hunger does is hunger causes you to be satisfied. Hunger causes you to be satisfied. Hungry people are content. Now, I see some people like, you know, have some questions on their faces, right? Sounds like a paradox, right? How can hungry people, people that are starving, how can they be content? Hungry people don't complain about what they eat. True hungry people are grateful and happy with whatever is given to them. Real hungry people never look down at anything or consider anything a waste. If little is given to them, they are still happy. And if much is given to them, they are just as happy. If you're complaining or or being grouchy, you are not yet really hungry. It says in Psalm 107, there he lets the hungry dwell. It is only the hungry that can take all the gifts of God with thankfulness. He gave them a desert that turned into pools of water, and he gave them a parched land that turned into springs of water. You know, full people, they will only see the parched land, and they will only see the dry land, but they will not see what God is currently doing in that place. It says that God is turning this dry land into springs of water, but full people, they only see the dry land. Hungry people are thankful people. And with that, they can unlock the things for more. You know, a couple weeks ago, uh, me and my husband, we took a trip out to the East Coast. And the East Coast in Korea is known for beautiful beaches. uh, But one day we decided to go hiking. (laughs) So never recommend that on the first year of marriage, okay? Uh, You argue a lot. So... (laughs) I remember we decided to go hiking and it like, it was such a journey getting there. And you have to ride this bus that takes you up through the like middle of the mountains. And 
uh, on the on the bus ride, all of these native people, they're like the locals that were living there, like, why are you hiking this mountain? No one goes there by. Like, you need a car. Like, why are you? There's other better mountains to see. Why are you hiking this one? I was like, I don't know. Someone just told us. They're like, okay, well, you know, it's going to be good for exercise. It's kind of long, but it'll be good for exercise. You guys are young. I was like, okay. So we got off the bus stop, and as soon as the bus left, I was like, where are we? (laughs) This, like, middle of the mountains. And kid you not, I felt like I was in the movie. Like, all of a sudden, as soon as we got off the bus, the wind just started blowing, and it started lightly drizzling. I'm like, so cold. And I literally only had this, right, middle of the mountains, and found out it was 4.6 kilometers up to where we wanted to go. And we saw the picture of the place beforehand. Like, it was, like, these green, like, hills. Like, like people are like, this is one of my favorite places. You know, like, I recommend you going there. So I was like, you know what? 4.6 clouds. It's all right. We can go. We can do this. I have this vision in mind, you know? Uh, so me and my husband were, were going. But then we were kind of arguing because uh, he forgot to bring the water. <laughs> so, like, I remember we were just going. And then, like, it's so not pleasant. But, like, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, So as we're, like, you know, going there, uh, we end up, like, for the last two minutes of, like, the hike, someone actually picks us up on their truck. So we end up, you know, driving. Uh, Such So divine because, like, apparently on that hill, there was, like, nothing really there. There was only one cafe. Um, And it was really cold that day, right? So the truck driver ended up being the cafe owner. Uh, so she led us in into her cafe too, like, you know. Um, and then, anyway, so as we're driving up this truck, I was so grateful because, like, she gave us a ride. But then my eyes saw not green hills, but brown hills. <laughs> and everything was dead. I was like, what? Where's the green? Like, I showed her the picture. Cafe owner, like, Ajimani, you know, like, where's the the green, the less? And she's like, oh, everything's dead right now. No hikers come here. Like, you guys missed it. It's all green in August, you know? And I was like, are you serious? But I could have easily complained, but because I was so hungry, like physically hungry and thirsty and so cold, like she, she gave us cup lamyeon. I was, I almost cried. I was like, I'm so thankful. I was like, he forgot the water. Eva, <laughs> you gave us water. I was so thankful. Like, I literally, I went into a new level of thankfulness. Um, And we were going back down, and that was, like, another episode of, like, you know, like, after we had become warm, like, now going back down 4.6 kilometers up to that place where the bus dropped us off, you know, it was like, oh, my goodness. Like, we ended up hitchhiking back down. I've hitchhiked. That's the first time I hitchhiked, you know. So... It was so strange, but that experience made me so thankful because, like, in the beginning when I was walking down the hill, like, going, trying to get back to the, you know, at first I went like this because I was kind of timid, like, I was shy, and then it started drizzling. I was like, please, please, pick me up. I did that, and then, like, these two cars stopped for us, and they actually ended up, one car ended up driving us all the way back to our place, like, inside the city. And I was so thankful. And I realized that, man, I have not not known what thankfulness was 
until this moment. You know, hungry people are thankful people. And in Psalm 107, it says that those that are hungry, those that are suffering and want, those that are famished, those that really want it, this is where God lets this people dwell. A place that is dry, he turns it into springs of water. Jesus talked to uh, people in the New Testament saying, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. And the people that came to see Jesus, they knew what hunger and thirst meant. Because they traveled many miles. They traveled without food. They traveled without water. Probably uh, water ran out. They came all the way to see Jesus. So when he was saying, blessed are those who thirst and hunger, they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. We know what you're talking about. I'm hungry right now. I'm thirsty right now. But he changed it and said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Not for food. Not for your physical needs. Not for what you want. Not for what you think you need. But blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Because when you hunger and thirst for the things that belong to me, this is the only way that you will be satisfied. Hunger brings satisfaction. But hunger can only bring satisfaction if it is satisfaction in God. You know, as we continue reading on Psalm 107, it says, And there he lets the hungry dwell, and they establish a city to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. And that's a promise that God ends up giving. That when you come and hunger for me, when you are continuously thirsty for me, when you are famished and really wanting me, you turn that parched land into a city. And in that city... There, I will give you increase. And there, I will give you abundance. There, I will give you my presence. And it is through water that will come and bring you life. I want us to uh, bow our heads in prayer. And I'm just going to give you a chance to respond. You know, as I was uh, preparing for this message, I got really struck with my own heart. And have I been hungry? For God? To an extent, yes. But just like that Hebrew word where it says suffering and want, being famished, being desperate, being desperate to see God, being dependent upon God to see God come and work. Has my heart been in that posture? Has my heart been in that position? Am I yearning? To see the work of God. Are you bold? And are you willing to risk everything for Christ? Hunger sets you apart. And it makes you desperate. It makes you bold for God. Hunger releases God's power in your life. So that in every area that you feel dry in. He comes and brings springs of water. And it is only hunger in God that can satisfy. This is what hunger does. And if you've been anything like me, 
not in a place of ra'av, being famished to see God, suffering and want, longing for God, yearning and desiring for God. I want you to repent. Because it is only through repentance that Jesus can come. It is only through our confession of saying, man, God, I've tried to satisfy myself in my own way. I've tried to satisfy myself in what I want. I've tried to satisfy myself in what I thought was good. But Lord, I confess that you are the only one that can satisfy. And if you're having a hard time even saying all of that, I just want you to say one line. God caused me to hunger for you. God caused me to hunger for you. Lord, I ask for hunger. Lord, I ask for hunger. If you've been feeling numb, apathetic, indifferent, I don't care. All of these things, then I want you to ask, God caused me to hunger for you. God caused me to hunger for the things on, on your heart. God caused me to hunger for you. Come on, let's start crying that. Let's start speaking that out loud. God caused me to hunger for you. This is my dry land. Turn it into springs of water. This is my dry land. Turn it into pools of water. God caused me to hunger for you. Jesus, come.